Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is 6.09. Esme Murphy back on a Saturday night. Uh, back in the saddle, as Jonathan Lowe, our producer, said. Uh, it's great to be back. It's been a while, though. Security! <laughs> Security! I don't know um, this woman. You know, I, I was off uh, for a couple of weekends because of uh, the holidays. And then also there have been a lot of Timberwolves games yes. on Saturday nights. There's, and, there's been a lot of stuff. Yeah. And, and obviously it's it's a you know a great night to go watch a basketball game. But it's great to be back on CCO Radio. Great to see Jonathan. Great to see Sloan. The Saturday night group. Welcome back to the uh, to the Saturday night uh, end of things here at the station. End of things. Now, what's yes. that supposed to mean, my dear? No, sir? no, no. I just mean <laughs> I just mean you. Uh, you. I, I think you've uh, covered some in the daytime, correct? For for some of those uh, those shifts. So uh, I haven't seen you here on a Saturday night in a right. Saturday night capacity. Well, I haven't actually filled in on a day shift in, in quite some time, too. But anyway, it really is great to be back, and, and great to be back with all the listeners here. Uh, we've got a great show lined up for. For you this evening, uh, I want to let you know that we're going to be talking in just a little bit with a clinical psychologist and Fortune 500 consultant who says now, right now, is the time to be looking for a job and that most job transitions occur between January and March. And I had never heard of that before. So we'll talk to her about why that is because uh, I think that's kind of something that's very interesting. And then later on this hour, we're going to talk with a financial expert about – the tax planning and retirement bill with the tax changes that occurred with the big overhaul of tax reform, President Trump's tax reform. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people have told me that they haven't really seen that much of a difference in their paycheck. And maybe it's just getting absorbed in other ways, but there are a lot of changes, certainly at the corporate level. And I think this is something that's going to be very informative and people will want to know what specific things they could do because, hey, none of us are getting any younger. So, it helps to plan. <laughs> and then uh, in our 8 o'clock hour, uh, we're going to be visiting with Professor Stephen Shear uh, of Carleton College about what is going on or what is not going on in Washington, D.C. This shutdown is dragging on and it's extraordinary to me that these 800,000 federal workers, including many people right here obviously uh, who are in our area, are, are not getting paid and that's tough. I mean, how do you do that? I know that, that I was reading today that some uh, credit, uh, some banks are giving free interest loans or you know, to help people sort of get through this time. But th- that's really a difficult thing, and it shows no sign of ending. The president saying yesterday that he could keep the government shut down for months or even years. So we'll talk to Stephen Shear about that. But let's take a quick break. Uh, Esme Murphy on a Saturday night. Great to be back. Keep it here. You're listening to News Radio 830 WCCO.
6.15 in the Twin Cities, Esme Murphy with you on a Saturday night. Well, I did not know this fact, apparently. According to LinkedIn, more job transitions happen between January and March than any other time of the year. Uh, that is a fascinating fact that I had not heard of before. Dr. Natalie Pert is a clinical psychologist and a Fortune 500 consultant, and she is joining us right now. And Dr. Pert, I understand that you're saying – this is the time to be in the job market. I absolutely am. And I will say this. Not only is this a great time to be in the market, but I want to talk with you about the fact that we should always be in the market. Really? Cause, and, and I think, you yes. know, I think there are an awful lot of people out there who, yes, we have emerged from the Great Recession, but a lot of people are, are kind of not – Maybe they're just sort of holding steady. Maybe they've taken, you know, their pay is lower than it was back a decade ago. And you're saying there are opportunities out there and that this is the right time. That's absolutely right. And I think you bring up such a great point. Yes, people have emerged from the recession, but we've emerged in a different way. We're not feeling quite as steady. You know, we're think we're feeling a little bit more vulnerable. The world feels a little bit more volatile. So you don't know from one day to the next. It just feels differently. So we have to make sure that we are prepared differently. So let's take a step back and talk about what that means. So as I said earlier, we really shouldn't only thinking about think about January through March as the time we're in the job market. We should always be looking around for what potential opportunities there might be for us. It doesn't mean that you're always putting your resume out there from January through December. That's not at all what I mean. But we have to think about our careers differently. Do we have an entire playbook that no matter what happens, if there is a layoff, if there is, you know, we've seen this before, you think you're secure until you're not. Maybe you, you don't want to wait until things happen or you are unhappy, figure out what are the many things that you might be able to do based upon what you see are your talents, your gifts, and your strengths. Continue to develop those so that no matter what, if one opportunity moves along, you can keep moving on to the next one. And, and that's, that's, that's such a great message. I want to let people know that, that Dr. Peart has uh, a website uh, getfutureproofed.com and also you have a book, Future Proofed, How to Navigate Disruptive Change, Find Calm in Chaos. That's what I want to seize on and success <laughs> in work and life. Again, the, the book, Future Proofed, How to Navigate Disruptive Change, Find Calm in Chaos and Success in Work and Life. And, and you know, the, the message that you're sending out, I, I find it so interesting that, that you're, you're also have the background uh, as a psychologist because the message you're sending is one where you got to think positively about yourself to put yourself out there. You got it. We have to think about ourselves differently. You have to be the boss of your own career, whether you work for someone else or you are self-employed. Guess what? Today, you must be your own boss. You must figure out what is your bigger vision. And what I teach people in the book is no matter what, you need to know the steps. What don't just think about yourself through a title. Listen, titles go. Industries go. The bigger question is, when you look at all the things you've done, what are those things that you would say is the most valuable that 
someone must have you? Why must you be employed by someone else? What are the things that you get feedback on constantly? Is it that you are great at empowering people? Are you a great leader? Um, are you a great problem solver? Do you help spot opportunities? Are you an innovator? You need to know those things about yourself. You just can't wait until there's a performance feedback and hope for somebody to tell you what your value is. You've got to constantly know it, constantly package yourself. And guess what? Even if you are happy where you are, you should always be thinking, great, I'm happy today. Are there other opportunities, even in this same company, that I could step forward and say, I would like to gain these skills. Here's what I bring. Here's how I would like to grow so that I can continue to evolve and continue to grow with the organization while I grow myself. That's the way we need to be thinking today. You know, Dr. Peart, obviously a great message here. I'm so interested that it's uh, the, the most job transitions happened between January and March. Uh, that means that companies must be looking in th- between January and March for new talent. Sure. So I think it's two things. I think that first on the part of people, they're in the job market January through March because a big reason is because there is something about January, right? New <laughs> year, new you. So whether it's the new year or any other big markers in our life that sort of, you know, puts into our head, am I where I thought I would be, right? So whether it's a significant birthday, a 30th, a 40th, a 50th, or it's the new year, where there are key times when we are always evaluating, am I making the progress that I actually want to be making? But you're also bringing up a wonderful point, which is, but then if there are lots of people in the market, that also means that, you know, companies who have now done their budgets for the end of the year, they're looking for new talent. So these things perfectly mesh, which means you have to know how you stand out. If there is one job and 250 people, for example, are applying because that's actually a real statistic, you need to know that you just can't sort of give a laundry list of here's my job, here's my title, I've done this, I've done that. You have to tell a much more compelling story of of all the things I've done. Here is my advantage. Here is how I stand out. Here is the value I bring. You've got to put that right on top. You've got to think about how you sell yourself so that now you stand out above the pack. Right. And you actually even suggest that career titles are becoming more fluid and that possibly people should create their own. Sure. So here's what I mean by that, right? So if we think about it, you know, decades ago, we just sort of had these narrower lanes, right? Like you were a doctor or you were, you know, you worked in this big company and titles actually across from one to another had some consistency. But if we think about it, now organizations are flatter. We have many more ways to work. You're self-employed. You have five hustles. I mean, many more ways. So therefore, titles don't always translate the same. So knowing that people, six people could have the same title, but maybe have very different meanings, right? Depending upon the company, the title, it's not a perfect translation. So when I say have your own title, what I'm saying is make sure that there is no confusion about what it is you bring to the table. Don't just let your title do the talking. Let your value do the talking. All right. And is that is that in your actual resume as well as the job interview? 
I always recommend that. So, you know, sort of at the top of the resume, when you are sort of giving a summary, a quick summary, you really want to tell a compelling narrative right on the top that really now helps people understand. So when I see this list of things, is there something that ties it together? And here's why that is so important. Nowadays, we don't just sort of stay in one job for, you know, 20 years or 30 years. You know, like what, 4.2 years? You don't want, so there's no stigma and shame attached in moving around, but you also don't want to look like you just kind of hop from one thing to the next, depending upon which way the breeze is blowing today. Is there something that ties it together? What is your your skills that you're always building or you're always using so that it doesn't look like you just have sort of no rhyme or reason? You've got to tell a story that really you pull together right from the top, and then your jobs and the examples chronologically are the things that really now are the examples of that bigger story. Right. And what is... Uh, I mean, what you're, you're, you're advocating is really kind of put, put it, packaging yourself in a unique and special way and really putting yourself out there. What, what is the biggest mistake that people make? I think the biggest mistake people make now is that they think that it's not their job to package themselves. There is this sort of um, – especially if you are in the market and you, are, and you work for someone else. The thing that you would sometimes hear people say, but they don't just say it. You have to watch how they say it. Oh, I don't like selling. I don't like selling myself. Oh, that doesn't feel so good. I don't want to have to sell. Well, you know, I think some people, I mean, I'm sort of from, you know, a background where it's like, you know, my mother was like, well, it's, you don't brag, you know, bragging is bad, you know, maybe that's old fashioned or whatever. But so I've always found that actually difficult to do. Exactly. So, but the big and I think women are women are not as good at that as men are. Sometimes there you go. Yeah, there you go. You, I mean, I think that we've all kind of talked about, um, you know, even as you said, generationally, but even gender based, it just sort of has a feel around it. So, one of the biggest mistakes is to think that 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 translates into bragging. Here's what I would tell people. You must be the one to hold your value. You cannot sit and wait for someone to notice you or decide that you have value. That's all it is. It's not about bragging. It's about the fact that today we all must take charge. And that's the big switch in thinking that I would say that sometimes we're not as quick to catch up to, because if we don't catch up to that, then we're not doing an effective job of either putting ourselves out there in a way that helps us stand out. But then the other big mistake is thinking that that's all you need to do. You need to also have strong networks and ties and people that are helping you, opening a door. Um, exposing you to new experiences. So those are the two things that I would say are probably side-by-side side the biggest mistakes. Well, Dr. Dr. Peard, I mean, now I'm fired up here. I hope all our listeners are fired <laughs> up. I'm like ready to get going here. Um, I want to make sure everybody knows uh, about your book. Uh, it is Future-Proofed, How to Navigate Disruptive Change, Find Common Chaos, and Success in Work and Life. And then also your website is Get Future-Proofed, Dot com, and I assume that much of this information that you're talking about here is, is in that book on your website. 
Exactly. So if they just go, I mean, just go directly, most people do to just to Amazon or something like that, order the book. Um, and so everything that we've talked about is in the book. All right. And, and you, your last name is spelled P-E-A-R-T, Dr. Natalie Peart. Uh, great advice. And as I said, you know, I'm, I'm fired up here. Well, thank you. It's been <laughs> such a pleasure. Great guest. Thank you so much, Dr. Peart, and good luck with the book. Uh, and thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Take okay. I'm fired up here. I'm ready to, like, reinvent myself, folks. Oh, it's a new year. I guess that's what she's saying. And I, I think it's so interesting that most of these job transitions occur in these first few months, which, which also clearly says that companies and businesses – are looking for new people and new talent at this time of year. So very, very interesting stuff. Well, listen, we have to take a break. We've got to give you some weather. Gosh, was it warm outside today. Uh, thank goodness the ice is finally melting on my driveway, which is really nice. Uh, and then coming up, we're going to talk with a financial expert about the kinds of changes you might want to consider as you head into the tax season. Uh, considering this new tax law, there's some things that you can do in terms of long-range planning that, that people really should be thinking about. So we'll, we'll talk about that coming up. Anyway, keep it right here. News Radio 830 W. It is 63 – or it's 633, excuse me, it's not 63 degrees. Just maybe that's wishful thinking on my part. Listen, this is obviously the first year of filing taxes under the new federal tax law and it's kind of complicated because Minnesota, the legislature did not pass a law that coordinates Minnesota's tax laws with the federal tax law. So that gets even more confusing to itemize, not to itemize. It sounds like it's kind of a mess. Uh, helping us try and sort this out is Nick Folks. Uh, he is a lead advisor with Great Waters Financial, and he is joining us right now. Nick, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, pleasure to speak with everybody. Yeah, let me ask you first of all, what what is how messy is it with the 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 fact that the legislature didn't kind of revise the Minnesota Code to make it sort of in line with the federal code? Uh, well, it's definitely going to be a little bit more messy. You're, you're basically running into a double filing situation. I think that the, the most important thing that people are going to need to do is in this year, I know a lot of us like to do taxes ourselves. And so unless you're willing to put in some time, study up on it, uh, it may be wise to make sure you take some time and sit down with a, a professional um, in this year until some new laws are solidified. Okay. Tell us about what are the like. Let's let's take a look at the federal thing. What are some of the key changes in the federal law that that, that for you know middle income folks? Uh, what should they know? Yeah, so there's a couple of different areas that you can hit on, right? So there's changes in contributions. There's changes if you're divorced. There's changes in deductions. And so let me kind of start with uh, simple things like your contribution limits as you're uh, as you're rolling into this next year. Uh, so as you're rolling into 2019 here and you're getting ready for this new uh, this new year, they actually in, uh, increase what we're going to be able to contribute to our IRAs and our 401ks. Uh, so there's a $500 increase to those. So if you're trying to max out your retirement savings and get yourself kind of set up for the future, just make sure you understand what is the maximum amount that I can be putting in at this time. So um, if you're contributing and can you, can to you change IRA, that at any time, Nick? Yep, yeah, you can adjust that throughout the year. So if you have... 
Um, a lo- one of the wisest things you can do, quite honestly, is have a standardized saving amount that you're putting in. But if you're trying to max it out, for example, uh, if you if you have a 401k through your current employer, you can put in up to $19,000 now. Um, but if you're over the age of 50, you have what's called a catch-up provision. So that's going to bump you all the way up to $25,000 if you're over the age of 50. So just making sure that if you're trying to and, – and why is contributions significant? That's really the question, right? How does that tie into my taxes? Well, when we contribute money to our pre-tax plans, it's actually reducing the amount of income that we show on our taxation. Got it. So that means, uh, so so why is that critical? It's because it could be the amount that we're contributing to our employer-sponsored plans could be bumping us down in the tax bracket. So if we're paying attention to what our tax bracketing is and what we're actually contributing, we can start to control some of our taxation depending on how big our income is. Very interesting. And and you said when it's gone up by $500, is that $500 per year? Uh, yes. So that's $500 per year that you can add in addition now to what you could before. So, uh, which maybe that doesn't seem like much, right? But if you think about that compounding over time, an additional $500 earning interest every single year, that can have a dramatic effect um, in retirement plans. And I think that, you know, that's important with some of the changes we've seen in Social Security, um, it's important to be buffeting ourselves with some stronger retirement plans, definitely. Now, the standard deduction was increased quite significantly. So uh, for people who itemized in the past on the federal form, does it pay to itemize again or does it have to be a lot of itemization? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're definitely going to need a lot of itemization to beat the standard deduction. I'll give you an example so for married couples uh, filing joint, the new standard deduction is $24,000. So the $24,000, if you think about it this way, the first $24,000 that you make working basically doesn't count if you're married filing joint. Um, so if you're trying to beat that with standard deductions, that means you have to have greater than $24,000 worth of standard deductions in order to um, itemize. So That's, that's a lot this, for... That's a, well, I'll give you I'll give you some perspective. Um, the, basically, the statistics are showing right now that this change will cause what was about 46.5 million people who were itemizing to drop to only 18 million people who will be itemizing their deductions. Right. So it's a pretty significant change. And if you're over the age of 65, you have another $2,600 that you get to add on top of that. So now you're $26,600 if you're over the age of 65. Okay. How? All right. Now let's. Okay. What about the state, though? Because the state, it still does pay to itemize, right? Yeah, you're. you're that's where you get into like your salt deduction, and so you're. Because this is, and this isn't, isn't that because the legislature didn't pass a bill to line up the Minnesota tax system with the federal one. Correct. <laughs> you are. You are correct with that one. So that's what. That's what's making it a little bit more difficult for people because you may not be itemizing on your federal, but then you may have to be paying attention to itemizing on your state. Um, again, I would highly recommend that people um, – here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying don't track your deductions anymore, right? Like it's a lost cause. Always track whatever your deductions may be because maybe you will surpass what's available inside of a standard deduction, but it's also going to be important so that that way when you are filing for the state of Minnesota, um, you do have that to be able to account for, okay, what could I be doing for my own 
standardized deduction. Um, we're chatting. Yeah, we're chatting with Nick Folks. He is a lead advisor for Great Waters Financial, and we're talking about some of the different changes. And it, it, this obviously affects every single person here. And and you always want to make sure that you can get keep as much of your money as you can legally. Obviously, um, <laughs> one one of the um, uh, things that you also talk about is that uh, there are also going to be major changes if you happen to be going through a divorce. And this sounds like it's yeah. tricky. Yeah, so if you're if you're dealing with divorce or divorce, um, in the past, if you were um, paying alimony, you were able to actually deduct that from your your taxes. Well, no longer due to the new tax cuts and Jobs Act. Um, if you're paying alimony to your ex spouse, it is no longer deductible um, from your taxes. But on the same note, um, it's also no longer taxable if you are receiving alimony. So it feels like a wash to some degree, but what it's really going to result in is there'll be probably people who are receiving alimony are going to be starting to receive a little bit less because um, it's going to be taxed now. Wow. Okay. Okay. And that, well, that's, that's a big change. So it doesn't even, it doesn't just affect those people who might be in the process of getting a divorce right now. It, it would affect all those people who have been divorced and have been getting alimony. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, I mean that's that 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 is also uh, a big one. I had not heard of that that one before. Um, in terms of, let, let me ask you, just sort of uh, on the the basis of it, I, I've had like a lot of people. I've just heard people sort of wonder out loud about this. Let's say every year you're used to getting maybe a nice, you know, five hundred dollar refund. Is that yeah. are people going to get bigger refunds than they have traditionally, or is it? depend on the individual? Um, I think it, it depends on the individual, of course. But to some degree, I think in this first year, people might see a greater um, a greater refund than what they've probably seen in the past because of the change in the tax bracketing um, on the federal level. So um, as an example, it's, it's really these, these new tax brackets that we're running into right now. So these new tax brackets um, are pretty pretty grand uh, to a degree. I know not everybody loves uh, current policies, but what's important is understanding, all right, regardless of what my political stance may be, how do I take advantage of my current tax rates and current laws that are in place um, in a healthy manner? So if we're looking at it from an example of uh, married filing joint. So if we're, if we're married filing joint and we make up to Seventy-seven thousand four hundred after deductions. So that means we can add another twenty uh, twenty-four thousand to this. So we're really at what uh, one hundred one thousand four hundred dollars. Well, even if you're making over a hundred thousand dollars, you're still in the twelve percent tax bracket. So previously, you would have been in a, in past the fifteen. Uh, tax bracket. So now you're going to get a bigger deduction because you've probably been withholding a greater amount than you need to this last year, and then you'll need to make adjustments. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, listen, we are going to take a quick break, but we're chatting with Nick Folks uh, from Great Water Financial. Uh, great, great advice here. Uh, if you can stick around, I'd like to ask you a couple things because um, you also have some pointers about uh, the change in, in retirement age and Social Security advice in terms of you know when you should take it, when you shouldn't take it. So keep it right here. More with Nick after this on News Radio 830 WCCO.
It is 646 in the Twin Cities. Esme Murphy with you until 9 o'clock. We are chatting with Nick Folks. He is a Great Waters financial analyst, and he has some great advice and, and great uh, great understanding of these new tax laws and how they're affecting people. There are also some changes with Social Security because the retirement age, folks, is getting higher. It, it, it's you know inching upwards. How does that affect people? Yeah, so if you're – if you're trying to wait for your full benefits, right? So in 2019, the new uh, full retirement age, that's what that means. When you hear the term full retirement age, it means the, the age that you reach where you will receive 100% of the benefits that you're entitled to from Social Security. So right now, that full retirement age um, is 66 years and six months for this year. It used so to be 65, have, right? Yep, it was 65 and then it became 66. And then you have 66 in two months, 66 in four months, 66 in six months, 66 in eight months, and then uh, 10, and then you have age 67. Uh, it's kind of the highest right now. Now, why, the question a lot of people ask is, well, why are they doing that? Well, it's a solvency issue. So solvency is really the financial strength of Social Security. One of the ways that they're able to increase the financial strength of Social Security is by staggering the full retirement age of depending on the year that you were born, okay? So that helps them with the funding process because right now you have 10,000 people turning 65 every single day. Wow. So 10,000 people are turning 65 every single day. That's a lot of Social Security, wouldn't you agree? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but you, can so, still, you can still collect, you know, Social Security benefits, I believe, starting at 62, but you won't get the full amount that you're entitled to, right? Correct, correct. So... You can start taking Social Security at the age of 62. Um, it's called deeming yourself in. Now, when you deem yourself in at 62, you're going to receive about 75% of the benefits that you were entitled to at your full retirement age. So, for example, 66 in six months, like we talked about. Right. Now, every year that you're waiting, you're going to get a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more until you're at that full retirement age. Now, here's the thing about Social Security. Um, when you wait beyond your full retirement age, each year you're waiting, it's growing by 8%. So you can max out your Social Security all the way till age 70 and get a far greater benefit than what you would have gotten at uh, your full retirement age and vastly greater than what you would have gotten at 62. Uh, a lot of people don't know that there's there's actually over uh, 500 different ways to take Social Security. And combinations as, as uh, married, single, divorced, widowed, um, widower. There's all different types of ways to be able to take Social Security. So it's important that you do sit down with a financial professional. Um, and at our firm, this is what we do. We're a specialty firm at Great Waters Financial. So we only work with people in retirement. We have a great tool on our website, greatwatersfinancial.com, that can help people get organized as they're planning for their Social Security, even some online classes they can attend to learn more about it. Right. And and there used to be, didn't there, sort of loopholes that would work for like you, you the spouse could take it and then they could defer and all of those kinds of things. Are there, is there sort of like any, and I think some of those loopholes they tried to close. Are there any sort of suggestions to kind of max it out if you are married? Yeah, definitely. Depending on the year that you were born, um, there's still things like what's called a restricted application. So a restricted application allows you, um, it allows one spouse to deem in and start receiving their benefit and it allows the other spouse to then deem in and start receiving 50, up to 50% of the benefit that the first spouse was receiving. The reason they would do that is because their own Social Security record continues to grow in the background until they choose to turn it on, all the way up until age 70 at max. 
Right. But but what would be the advantage of that? Wouldn't it be better for both spouses to wait as long as possible? Or I guess you get that income stream. Yep. So you, here's what you have to look at. It's basically a law of diminishing returns. So you have to look at what's the total assets that they've been able to save in, in tax-deferred dollars or any type of retirement dollars. And do you have other sources of income? Can you draw from your IRA, your 401k, your 403b, whatever yours may uh, might be labeled as? Can you draw against that first season while you let your Social Security ramp up and then at a later time switch on your Social Security? But you don't want to go too long to where it starts to hurt you in the long run because Social Security has a cost of living adjustment, but it really is not going to cover all of the living expenses once we're fully retired. Um, at best, it's usually designed to, carry, to only cover about 30 to 40% of our cost of living. Got it. Okay. So, so if, you, if you are in a position of needing that income, you can sort of use that little trick there that you were talking about. And, and what was it and called again? A restricted application. And there's several more. Um, we love being able to help people walk through this. Um, but yeah, thinking through like uh, being able to turn off your Social Security at your, if you turned it on early to turn it back off. Um, at your full retirement age, or even if you turn it on at 62 or any time when you first turn it on, if you decide within the first 12 months, you know what, I don't think I need Social Security yet, you can actually turn it off, pay back what you've taken, and it will be as though you never turned on Social Security at all, and it'll keep growing. Oh, wow. So you've got a 12-month window, but you've got to pay it back. Exactly. Wow. Okay. All right. That 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 is, that is really... Uh... That's that's really fascinating stuff. Um, in terms of um, you know overall, are there any other suggestions going back to the, the tax issue? Uh, is there one mistake you think people are going to be more likely to make this time around? Uh, yeah, yeah. One of the big mistakes um, that I'm, I we worry about people making is in something that's called Roth conversions. So Roth conversions is when we're taking things like our IRAs, our tax deferred dollars. We're transferring them into a future, a future tax-free account called a Roth IRA, mm-hmm. and we're doing that with the intention of paying lower taxes now than what we would pay at a later time. A lot of people have tried to do this on their own, and for a long time, there was what was called recharacterization, which meant that if you did too much and you got a way bigger tax bill than you were comfortable paying, you could actually go back and say, hey, IRS, my mistake, can I have a do-over? And they would let you recharacterize that money back into your IRA as though it had never happened. Well, with this new tax law, they have done away with recharacterization. So if you are trying to do some advanced tax planning and you convert too much money and it shoots you into a new tax bracket and it causes all types of ripple effects, too bad, so sad right now wow, because okay. of the, the removal of recharacterization. And that's one of the things that that we think about as, as planners, uh, well, for a lot of the do-it-yourself for people, just being careful with that. And, and that's something that, you know, and, and I think all of this gets to be so complicated, obviously, and, and that, that's why people like you are in business. Um, and we're, we're chatting with Nick Folks. Uh, he's with Great Waters Financial. And you also mentioned that, that you have a calculator on your website, uh, which, which can help with some of these planning issues. Yes, absolutely. You can just go to greatwatersfinancial.com. Um, and you can check out all types of tools and resources that are available to help people uh, get started um, in their planning process. Right. Um, and how about for uh, single people? Are there, you know, we've talked a lot about married people, but for single people, are there any sort of tips that, that are unique to them? 
Oh, yeah, definitely. So for single people, the biggest thing is understanding, again, your standard deduction has drastically increased as well. Um, and for single people, um, having a plan for how you're going to maximize your current tax brackets in this season when you first retire is critical. Um, because not having a secondary income from another spouse or anything like that, it becomes very, very important to have a good understanding of how these tax laws will affect you. Because remember, these are not solidified. These are only in place currently until 2025, unless it is finalized with the, the current tax brackets that we see federally. So it's important for single people, especially, to make sure you have a plan to maximize your money between now and the year 2025. How are you going to be strategic uh, tax-wise to move or shift money into future tax-free accounts to give you a greater purchasing power down the road as a solo, um, as a solo household? Got it. Okay. And and again, uh, tell us the website again. Greatwatersfinancial.com. All right. And uh, Nick, folks, uh, great advice. And obviously, uh, I, I'm sure that a lot of people, and I, uh, you're, you're not the only financial analyst that I've heard say, you know, th- if you're going to, this might be the year that you might want to actually get some help because it is going to be more complicated. And you, if you don't itemize at the state level, you could really lose out. Um, and obviously, there are a lot of changes here that are going to affect all of us. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's such a pleasure. Hope you have a great night. Absolutely. You too. All right. Great advice there. Yeah, I think it is going to be more complicated because of the difference in the fact that the legislature never got the conformity bill passed that would line up Minnesota's tax system with the feds and anyway. Yuck. I hope I hope it works out a little better at the legislature this year where they can kind of get some things done. Um, hey, listen, I want to let you know that uh, tomorrow morning on WCCO-TV, I'll be there with Mike Augustinak at 6 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Two great guests on our 10.30 a.m. show. Uh, we're going to be talking about the shutdown with Congresswoman Betty McCollum. She's on the House Appropriations Committee. And this is obviously something that is very dicey. We're also going to be talking about this with Congressman Tom Emmer. Uh, and he, he's obviously a Republican, but get their takes on this. Uh, the president saying yesterday that this shutdown could last uh, months, even years. And I know that the president is at, at times uh, given to hyperbole, but I think a lot of people would be concerned about that. And obviously a lot of people are concerned about this shutdown. All right. So keep it here, folks. You are listening right now to News Radio 830 WCCO. Esme Murphy with you until 9 p.m. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.